Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shell, Jalen Brunson, and Team USA's late efforts were not quite enough to overcome an upset bid by Lithuania. How it went down, what's next, and RJ Barrett and Team Canada won a big one. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. What's up, guys? You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA. Or enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. I uh, certainly stick to that, as you can see with my bird dogs hat. I'm currently rocking if you're watching on the YouTube side. And if you want to watch every day on the YouTube side, all you have to do is subscribe and hit that notifications bell to be sure you never miss an episode. And be sure to do the same on your podcast platform of choice. And if you want to get to talk to us, you can now do so with subtext. So there's... Uh, this really cool new service, it's called Subtext, and it means you get to talk to Alex and I. You can ask us any question you want about the New York Knicks. Um, you get an opportunity to get our initial thoughts after post games, after breaking news, pretty much anything Knicks related, uh, you'll be the first person to find out, and there'll be some exclusive bonus content. If you've been trying to join and you've been frustrated that you haven't been able to, that is because I'm an idiot and I've been putting the wrong link in the episode description, so that is going to be corrected in this episode. You'll have the right link in there and an SMS link, so you can just uh, text us directly whenever you want. But who's talking to you? Who, who would you want to be texting with? I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster and uh, a big fan of Team USA. I don't know if I've done a good enough job emphasizing that in past episodes. Um, This is maybe, as much as I love the NBA, my favorite kind of basketball. I Growing up, I always got so into FIBA, so into the Olympics, and it's why I was screaming at my TV at 9.30 a.m. on a Sunday as Team USA fell 110 to 104 to a tough-as-nails Lithuanian side. It was a pretty good performance for Jalen Brunson, who finished this one with 14 points, seven assists, four rebounds, four for 10 from the field, one for three from distance, five for six from the line. Had a couple big plays late, only played 23 minutes in this one. Tyrese Halliburton got 19. Um, so not necessarily a full slate. I kind of expected Kerr to ramp his minutes up a little bit more in this game. Didn't really happen. Josh Hart played even less, just 13 minutes, uh, did not make much of an impact. 0 for 1 from the field, just two rebounds, no assists in this ballgame. But Team USA's struggles went far beyond those two. They fell uh, down 31 to 12 early in this game. Uh, We're losing by as many as 21 points in the first half. I think after making a, a really nice run to start the second half, got back down by about 19 again. Uh, late run in the fourth quarter, got it as close as four points, but could never seem to push past that. They had an opportunity really late in the game to make it a one possession game after an interception um, from Paolo Bancaro led to a wide open Mikhail Bridges three. He missed it um, and Team USA ultimately fell. So, so what were the fatal flaws? In this game, um, the U.S.'s size disadvantage again reared its ugly head. A game after giving up 16 offensive rebounds against Montenegro, 
They got absolutely crushed on the offensive glass once again. They gave up 18 offensive boards on just 34 missed shots. So out of the 34 available defensive rebounds in this game, um, Lithuania got more than half of them, which is obviously a recipe um, for losing and has been a flaw that uh, we have seen throughout this FIBA tournament and, and even throughout um, some of the exhibition games that has plagued Team USA. They just don't really have enough talented size. Jaron Jackson Jr., for all of his ability, is a walking foul, and that came into play very early in this one. Picked up his third relatively early in the first half. Had to spend massive portions of the first half on the bench. Only ended up playing 15 minutes in this game. He's a plus 16 in those 15 minutes, despite having a whole lot of trouble with his former teammate, Jonas Valanciunas. Um, he finished the game with just one rebound. So for everything he does defensively, everything he does in terms of spacing the floor on the offensive end, that makes Team USA pretty much unguardable when he's in the game. Um, his lack of ability as a rebounder and, and the fact that he's only six foot ten, um, only, and I, I say only when compared to guys like Jonas Valanciunas, only about 240 pounds, um, really come into play. And his struggles and then the struggles of Guys like Walker Kessler, who only played six minutes, but just got bulldozed in those minutes by Valanciunas. Um, Paolo Bancaro trying to play the five, who's just a little bit too young to be organizing the whole defense and a little bit too small to be protecting the rim, particularly against a team like Lithuania. Um, and then Bobby Bobby Portis was just fine. Um, there, there just wasn't, again, really anyone who could handle Valanciunas one-on-one. And on top of that, those size issues were compounded even further by Steve Kerr's decision to have Team USA switch every single pick and roll, which led to a whole bunch of size mismatches, which you saw um, Lithuania go out over and over again. Like Austin Reeves, like he probably shouldn't have been in the game in the second half because he, he was just in the torture chamber with guys going at him over and over and over again, gave a layup after layup, got this big and one in the fourth quarter. It looked like it was going to be a flipping momentum. And immediately Lithuania says, all right, let, let's just put him in the post again. They got an and one to answer right back. So that was a major issue. And, and at times, even, even Team USA's bigs, we had to double consistently. And, and Lithuania just played completely unselfishly, sprayed the ball out, popped it around the perimeter. That was a, a big part of the reason they were able to start nine for nine from three. Anyone who's a longtime FIBA fan, knows um, just how good uh, Lithuania is shooting the ball. I mean, I, I still have uh, night terrors about the 2004 Olympics game where they were just bombing three after three after three. And you just had a befuddled Stefan Marbury not really knowing what hit him. That sucked. This was a, it was just a frustrating, frustrating game to watch. Because e even when, even when the U.S. did things right, like they, they really, did a great job making this a game late. And it was, it was mostly because Anthony Edwards essentially carried them back into this game, 35 points. I think he had about 20 of them in the first half. So he was really good keeping them in it early on, but 35 points, 14 to 26 from the field, five of 13 for three for Ant. Um, and and he, he got them back in it, but they just couldn't get a bounce of the basketball. Like initially um, at the end of the third quarter, there was, a ball on a, just a Hail Mary shot that Paolo tipped off the backboard is right to awaiting Lithuanian's hands. He, he, he put it back up on in. There was another offensive rebound that was, again, just totally up for grabs and, and again, just sort of fell into a Lithuanian's hands. And, and then the U.S. finally was able to cut it down, got all the way to four, had a chance to get a stop, make it a one-possession game. They played picture-perfect defense. Inbound to a uh, former Nick, by the way, we should, we should, we should note before I go any further, this Lithuanian team was just littered with former Nicks, right? Ignis Brazdakis, 
uh, Mendaugis, Kuzmingis, uh, Phil Jackson era legend, and and of course potentially future Nick uh, or, or current Nick in terms of his contractual rights, Rokas Jakobitis, um, who was who was really solid in this one. We'll get into his performance a little bit more in in the second segment. Um, but I say all that to say um, inbound to Kuzmingis, it's ninety one eighty five. Team USA chance to get the ball back, chance to make it a one possession game. Ant just strips Kuzmingis. Ant was incredible defensively in this game. Oh, my God. Did, did he play well? And Kuzmingis just gets it back and, and casually hits a three, falling out of bounds, does essentially the Michael Jordan shrug after just, just a total FU. And at that point, it was 94-85. Again, the U.S. got it to four in the closing minutes of this game. Had had a chance to get it even closer if Bridges hit that three. Um but to me, that was essentially the end of the game. It, it, it was just not going to happen after that three went down from Lithuania. So the U.S. falls. Um, what do they have to look forward to in the next round where they will take on Italy? Um, how could the U.S. still improve? And uh, what did we see from Rokas Jakobitis, a, a, a potential future New York Nick? We will get into that next on the Locked On Knicks podcast. But before we do, I told you. They would come up again. I had to tell you about our boys over at Bird Dogs. Because Bird Dogs, goddamn, do they make you look good. Oh, my God, do I love Bird Dogs. They have, they're essentially stretch khaki shorts, but they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg. And they give you this truly sculpted look, almost analogous to Lululemon, but they fit so much better. And, and, and it's so cool because they've created this innovative cloud knit fabric that looks like khaki but stretches in a totally unique way with anti-stink sweat wicking fibers that keep you cool and dry all day long what i love about bird dogs one is how good they look like i am not the most fashion forward guy in the world and and i really i I don't invest a lot in clothes generally but bird dog was kind enough to send us three or four um different pairs of shorts and, and and pants and I've been rocking them, and I've gotten a lot of compliments um, from my girlfriend, which just which just feels great because I don't think I've ever been complimented by her on anything I've ever worn, and until my bird dogs came in, so that was that was just a joy for me. Um, and you can wear them on any single occasion, and they have cool hats, as we told you before, and you can see if you're watching on YouTube. So if you want to join in on on Bird Dogs Nation, go to birddogs.com slash XXX or enter promo code LockedOnXXX at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle. With your order, that's birddogs.com slash LockedOnXXX for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. All right, Team USA falling 110 to 104 to Lithuania. Um, erasing what was, man, just a one final time, I got to say, a transcendent performance by Anthony Edwards. Uh, the ball pressure he applied was, was kind of the key for the U.S., making a run in the second half. The shot making was just absurd. He was really, really good. Uh, Jalen Brunson, we, we talked about his performance a little bit, had had a really nice pump and step through at the start of this game. Second half, excellent two-man game with Jaron Jackson Jr. One play, JJJ sprayed it out to Brunson for an open three. And then JB got Triple J back. Little pick and pop, hit him for a wing three. And it was those moments where I thought the U.S. had a chance. He went out for a while. Um, immediately after Brunson got subbed out of the game, uh, we saw Lithuania go on this big run. Uh, so that was certainly noticeable. Brunson came back in late, helped the U.S. make a pretty good push. Um, 
hit a big tech free throw, had a steal for an up and under, um, had a pump flyby, another big wing jumper, drew a foul late, only went two for three on the line. Would have been nice if he could have hit all three. It was actually his first missed free throw of the entire tournament. And um, yeah, the the Knicks guys for Lithuania. Um, Iggy Brazdakis at one point just, this was painful to watch, just totally back cut Jalen for a big time jam. He showed off, it was it was kind of the same thing we always liked about him when we talked about him on this podcast when he was a Nick. Just tough as nails, like really strong around the basket. Hit, I think, a jump hook at one point off of a post-up. Um, was really unselfish moving the basketball. Finished with four assists. Like He, he was involved in a lot of their ball movement. As was Rokas Jakobaitis, who had nine points, six assists, three rebounds, and just 23 minutes in this one. I thought it was notable that this Lithuanian team that's ultra deep, Rokas actually led them in minutes. Like He played... Four more minutes than Valanciunas, two more minutes than Monte Yunus, um, another minute more than Brazdakis, played eight minutes more than Kuzmingas, even though Kuzmingas was, man, uh, former Nick that went off 15, 14 points, excuse me, in 15 minutes in this one. He was cooking. Uh, but Yoko Baitis, as like an early 20s point guard, leading them in minutes. I thought that was notable. I thought the way he moved the ball was notable. And, and, and the one play that really stood out to me with him it was it was just his pick and roll manipulation. I, I can't remember it was Brunson. I think it was actually Halliburton. Like he'd put him in uh if, if you've been a longtime fan of the show, you know this phrase, quickly booty jail, right? Like like got his butt into him, like completely backed him out of the play, drove in, baited Jaron Jackson Jr. to step up, little slip pass to Valanciunas for an easy layup. And I, I think that's what stands out with Rokas when you watch him, right? Right. There's a high level of skill there. He's a really solid finisher. The jumper looks really good to me. I would expect him to from day one, be a 35% three-point shooter in the NBA on pretty decent volume. I'd expect him to be able to get to the line with all of his craft, but it, but it's that IQ and it's that ability to run the team that really stands out that at times you see the Knicks missing a little bit because they don't really have that traditional point guard on the roster with JB being a little bit of a score-first guy, IQ being a little bit of a score-first guy, Deuce McBride not really a true point guard. So I think there's a world down the road, especially if they do end up ultimately trading quickly, that as soon as next season, Rokas could come over and play a pretty substantial role on this team. And I think he could be pretty good doing it. If this game's any indication, he's completely unfazed by elite competition. He, he, he certainly has the talent to compete against NBA guys. And he's going to be someone that I am watching really intently throughout the rest of this tournament. All right. So what does Team USA have to do? to get things fixed going forward. We mentioned some of the issues, right? The size disadvantage. Um, I don't know if that's something they're going to be able to fix, right? Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, literally went six quarters um, without a rebound in a game where uh, Jalen Brunson had, okay, well, six quarters, that's obviously going back to the Montenegro game, but you, you get my point. It, like in, in one game, Jalen Brunson had four rebounds. We've seen Josh Hart have a game with 11 rebounds, right? Jaron Jackson Jr., not that guy in terms of his rebounding ability. Walker Kessler, just not quite thick enough yet like against a team like Italy he might be able to have an impact Germany um, obviously they have Mo Wagner they don't really have a big that necessarily terrifies you so the bracket breaks pretty nicely for Team USA in terms of that respect and not having to go up against a litany of elite bigs but there's a reason Montenegro and Lithuania had so much success against Team USA and and, and that's something again that and unless the roster is different and for the Olympics, like we can throw the names out there, right? It's going to, it would be really nice if they could get Bam out of bio to come. He was essential in Tokyo for a reason. Um, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying the Knicks are the Knicks. Jesus. Uh, team USA doesn't lose this game. If Mitchell Robinson's on the team, I agree with that. I don't think he's going to make it because 
at, at least in terms of the centers that play a lot of minutes, we, we've seen this Grant Hill and Steve Kerr brain trust prioritize the ability to space the floor on the offensive end and be flexible in terms of pick and roll coverage out on the perimeter versus someone who can block shots and gobble up rebounds, right? And that's Mitchell Robinson, but obviously he's going to affect spacing on the other, other end of the floor, which is always going to be the trade-off for Team USA, uh, unless you find an absolute unicorn, which the closest you're going to get probably is someone like Jaron, is someone like Bam Adebayo who can't space quite as far, but can space out to the perimeter a bit. Uh, Brooke Lopez is someone who can do that as well. He's going to be a little bit old by the time of the Olympics. Uh, Joel Embiid obviously can do that. I don't know if he wants to play for America. I don't know if he wants to play for France. I don't know if he wants to play for Cameroon. Who knows? Miles Turner could potentially do that. Anthony Davis could potentially do that. Wendell Carter could potentially do that. But those are all fixes for down the road. What would I do today? Um, I think the biggest thing is just playing their toughest, most physical guys, more minutes, and I think tightening up the rotation. And I think you're going to see Anthony Edwards essentially play the full game. I think, honestly, that even though Josh Hart was not very good today, um, and he's he's not an elite perimeter defender in the way Mikael Bridges and Edwards, at least on the ball, are, I think he's a notch below that. I, I honestly think talking about future guys, someone like Quentin Grimes could have helped the Knicks immensely in and help the Knicks help team USA immensely in this game. Um, but he's of course not on the roster. So you got to play Edwards a lot. You got to play Josh Hart. I think at least 22, 23 minutes bridges, I think has to be out there for, if not the full game close to it, Bobby Portis, I think has to get more minutes, more, probably mostly at the four, maybe a little bit at the five. And he's going to have to make some threes. He's going to have to make some long twos. I mean, he was, for long stretch last year, he led the NBA in three-point percentage, and that that is why, more than anything else, on top of his toughness and his rebounding, he's on this roster. I think you're going to need some big minutes from Portis at the four. I wouldn't mind some Cam Johnson, who went from being an opening day starter to Team USA to largely being out of the rotation, only played 11 minutes in this one. I think he's going to have to have a more substantial place in the rotation. I think you're going to need more Palo at power forward than at center, but you want to match those minutes as much as possible with Jaron Jackson Jr., um, playing the five and maybe Bobby Portis playing some small ball five um, and getting a ton of spacing that way, um, or at least as much spacing as you can while still having size and physicality out there. I wouldn't mind them bringing in some press and the Italy game as good as Italy's been in this tournament, um, a game that team USA should win fairly easily. You would hope that they would win fairly easily. I would mix in some press if I was Steve Kerr, where, where team USA had a lot of success in the second half of this game, was really ramping up the ball pressure. And, 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 and the premise of that is um, teams can't hurt you on the interior if they can't get the ball into the interior. Teams can't get offensive rebounds if they never get the shot up. And by doing what Anthony Edwards was doing and pressuring the ball and generating pokeaways and generating deflections and making teams go later into the shot clock, getting lower probability shots, not able to get into their sets. Like, I mean, Lithuania today was, I mean, I, I do not know the name of their coach, but he, he was brilliant. Like some of the ATOs um, was running a lot of Spain pick and roll, a set that has killed the, the Knicks a whole lot over the years and was just murdering Team USA at points. Um, you, you stop them from doing those things when the point guard can't initiate the um, starting action of a possession. Um, so to me, that would be a big help. And we look at Team USA's side of the bracket. If you're watching on YouTube, it is now up on the screen. Again, Italy, 4-1, and one, um, weakest opponent left in this tournament, right? And that's not to say Team USA can't lose to them. because we, We've seen Team USA very much capable of, of dropping games to inferior teams over the years. But Italy, 
to the best of my knowledge, does not really have the size to punish Team USA. Fontecchio is their uh, only NBA player. He's been great in this tournament. Again, Team USA should handle them with relative ease. Next round, you are going to be in for a heck of a challenge. Germany has arguably been the best and most consistent team in this tournament. Latvia, kind of the darlings of this tournament, um, upset Spain, uh, upset France. They have been fantastic despite not having Chris Stapps Porzingis, who is uh, their best player. Uh, so next round, semifinal is going to be really tough. For Team USA, it's about correcting what is correctable um, with the guys they have on the roster and getting past Italy. Who would they potentially meet in the championship? Could be R.J. Barrett and Canada. We'll, we'll tell you how Canada um, got one of the greatest wins in their national team's history and how they're looking um, potentially heading into a finals matchup with Team USA. But that is a long ways away. What do they have to do to get there? We'll talk about it next on Locked on Knicks. All right, guys, we are back on Locked on Knicks. We are talking Team Canada. Big, big win over Spain, 88 to 85. They were down by nine in the third quarter. I guess they were they were down by as many as 12 in the second half. And they ultimately outscored Spain 27 to 12 to eke out an 88 to 85 victory. This was, uh, I, I didn't get to watch a good chunk of it because I was busy um, suffering through the Team USA game. But this, this was this was an awesome Awesome matchup. Um, RJ Barrett um, was kind of the key for Team Canada early in this game, and they looked a little bit shaky coming out of the gates in this one. Um, RJ kind of kept them going, scored nine of their first 19, was excellent early on in transition, had two lefty layups on the right side of the court, which is, is not fundamentally what you're supposed to do, but he was so good battling through contact. And as Alex and I outlined in, in the RJ episode we did last week, did such a good job just kind of kissing the ball in off the glass, drew a foul going coast to coast, hit a pair of corner threes, um, got into some foul trouble late, had some turnover issues, not quite the best passing game he's played, but you, you can tell how reliant Canada is on him, right? There's a reason he was playing 32 minutes, and outside of Shea Gilgis-Alexander, no one on Team Canada, even Dylan Brooks, who shot the absolute um, skin off the basketball in this game, um, played over 30 minutes outside of R.J. Barrett and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So it was another really solid, really physically driven performance uh, from R.J. But what else stood out for Canada? I mean, their defensive toughness, especially in contrast to Team USA, I didn't really get a chance to totally get into in the first two segments. So I probably should, because that was also a major, major reason team USA lost, right? The, the perimeter defense was just not where you want it to be. And it, and it makes sense because team USA does not have a great defensive roster, right? As much as we love Jalen, like he, he's somewhat of a sieve on that in the court, Halliburton, a little bit bigger, a little bit more of a playmaker. He, he, he's not great defensively for team USA. Reeves gets absolutely bullied. Uh, Brandon Ingram, who had a pretty good offensive game for team USA. He's, he's somewhat indifferent on that end of the court. Kessler's too skinny. Paolo's too young. We can go on and on and on. Um, but the point is that I'm trying to make is that Team Canada um, is really physical defensively, right? And when they lock in, they're really, really impressive. Lou Dort, Dylan Brooks set the tone. Both those guys just absolute bulldogs. As much as Brooks talks, I, you got to respect the defensive effort from him. RJ, I think, has been really locked in, really physical on that end of the floor. I, I hope certainly that translates um, to the Knicks during the regular season. Uh, Shea is fine. Dwight Powell is fine on that end of the floor. 
Um, but yeah, man, Shea was uh, Shea was awesome. Uh, 30 points, seven assists, three steals, money at the free throw line down the stretch, 14 of 16 from there. Um, and just hit a killer shot um, to give Canada a two-point lead, their first of the fourth quarter on just a crossover log to step back, um, not analytically sound, but absolutely nasty all the same. So the path for Canada going forward, again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the bracket. They have to take on Luka Doncic, who might be a little bit beat up, went out of that Spain game with an injury um, and they play. Um, yeah. So they play Slovenia. Next round, that is going to be a challenge. It is immensely, immensely difficult to win um, single-game elimination when you don't have the best player on the court. And Luca, as, as good as Shea is, as, as much as we love our guy, RJ, Luca is undoubtedly going to be the best player on that floor. So that should be a heck of a game. They get out of that. Um, they are playing the winner of Lithuania and Serbia. Um, I would expect uh, Jonas to uh, hurt Canada in a similar way that he hurt Team USA. Maybe the the strength of Dort and Brooks and RJ um, combined with their double big lineup of Powell and Olenek help a bit more on the glass than Team USA. But I would I would definitely, I would call Lithuania the favorite to come out of that side of the bracket. But, um, man, you, you can't bet against Luka. Canada probably is the most talented top to bottom. Serbia is a perennial contender, so... Any of those four teams you could see potentially coming out to face Team USA. But uh, I hope for the content and uh, just out of rooting interest, we get RJ Barrett against Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart for a gold medal. Uh, we will have plenty of continued coverage. Um, we'll also have some conversation about Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks and, and whether Giannis could potentially leave uh, for the Knicks, maybe, dot, 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 uh, to be continued later this week. Um, and we're going to be grading your takes. We told you last week uh, we were waiting just to get enough of them in. Um, so we'll be doing that as well. And finally, uh, a reminder to uh, text us if, if you want. Uh, link is in the description. But until then, I'm Gavin Shaw, and uh, I hope you have a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll talk to you soon on Locked on Knicks.